What's up, guys? And I love you. And I love you. Dude, I love you. That was, that was Eric Prids loving you. Now up next on Getting Mental with Brenda Sarai Zuniga, we're going to be talking about dating. I've been wanting to talk about this subject for a long time. How is dating during COVID? How are you guys doing this? Right now, I'm dating. You know, again, I've mentioned it before in episodes. I have a Venus in Scorpio, so, I mean, it's all or nothing. Like, we're either doing blood sacrifices or Romeo and Juliet shit, you know? Like, die for each other on the third date kind of stuff. That's who I am. (laughs) It's the perfect name. So, me giving dating advice is like Donald being president. You know, not qualified, but f*** it. So, this is why you should listen to me. Because I'm strong enough to keep getting my heart broken time after time, narcissist after narcissist, but I'm still opening up my heart and I'm still remaining hopeful. (laughs) I'm actually now getting way better at recognizing the red flags in somebody and realizing if they're an avoidant, if they're an anxious attached person, or if they're a secure person. Now, I would love to dive into this too. So let's dive into attachment theory. All of us display one of three attachment styles in our relationships. First one, avoidant, which is somebody who values their autonomy, their independence, views relationships as something that will threaten all of that. Two, there's the anxious attached person who view who puts so much emphasis on a relationship and the relationship consumes them and it becomes their everything they're also somebody who is attracted usually to avoidance and it creates this very big high and low uh like this um like this push and pull dynamic where the anxious person's basically chasing and the avoidant person's pushing the anxious person away, but that only fuels the anxious person to keep chasing because it's actually subconsciously reaffirming the fact that they don't believe they're worthy of love and the avoidant person is pushing the anxious person away because they don't believe they're worthy of love either. Same feelings, different way of expressing it. And then you have the secure person who values effective communication, and who views relationships as a healthy and needed thing in life for us to thrive and is okay with emotional intimacy and is okay with vulnerability in a relationship while also being independent and allowing their partner space. So you're either one of three. Also, there's a subcategory, and this is the anxious avoidant attachment person, AKA the person who lives in hell. This attachment style, the anxious avoidant, will chase at first. Female or male, doesn't matter. They'll chase, but as soon as they get that person, as soon as that person's like, okay, and gives in, they turn avoidant and they flip and they run and they're like, oh no, I don't want this. And I mean, they'll probably stay in their relationship, but like now they turn avoidant. Now they're the ones that are running. Now they're the ones who are pushing the person away. So it's really interesting. Um that dynamic of the anxious attached person and the avoidant attached person 
because it's a dance. Like they attract each other because two avoidance will never get together. <laughs> okay. This one's like, I'm too independent. I value my freedom and autonomy. And, uh, you know, I view really, I, I have problems with getting emotionally intimate and, and vulnerability is not for me. And this person's like, me too. And they're both avoidant. They're like, okay, bye. And then they split and they don't freaking get together. Now, the anxious and anxious person, let's say they get together, okay? Oh my God, I wanna marry you and it's only our second date. Oh my God, me too. Blood sacrifices tomorrow, let's do it. Boom, they get together, codependent as f Codependent to the max. I mean, we're talking like super toxic, enmeshed type of relationship. And then we have the avoidant and anxious person. You would think that they wouldn't get together, right? But again, they attract each other because two avoidance ain't gonna get together. I don't know why that sounded so damn Southern, but like, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but like two avoidance ain't gonna get together. I don't know why my voice changes so much. Have you guys noticed that? Like my pitch goes up and low and like, I'll have like four different voices throughout the podcast. Don't understand it. Anyways, now I digress. So back to the subject, anxious and avoidant. You would think they wouldn't attract each other, but they do. Now, why do they attract each other, right? Why? The anxious person is used to chasing and views the chase as, again, a confirmation that they're not worthy of love, that they don't deserve love. And so they have to fight for it. They have to convince the person that they're worthy and they have to convince the person to see them. They feel that they have to win that person's love, okay? Now the avoidant, why would the avoidant get in a relationship with an anxious person if that's everything that they fear? Someone who is like, right? Well, for the same reason as an anxious person, they don't feel worthy of love. And so not only that, but they also get a high from being chased. The avoidant person, that confirms that, yeah, I am hot Yeah, that's right. They do want me. Yeah. But you see, that is still a feeling of not worthy of love because they're not emotionally available. And they look at being vulnerable and being emotionally intimate with someone as a loss of independence and freedom. So how come we develop these attachment styles? Good question. Mom, dad, thanks. Real thankful for you too. <laughs> uh, yes, it's mom and dad. That's where we get it from. And it stems from a young age where when we would cry for mom or dad, were our needs met during childhood? Yeah, we're all No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where's my water? So I'm gonna explain anxious attachment style and avoidant attachment style and how it's developed from our formative years in a nutshell. Both y'all's needs were not met by your parents. Again, thanks mom and dad. <laughs> Gold star for you guys. <laughs> God, I've spent so much money on therapy for me to fix it. So when these two adults were kids, their parents were either neglectful or very smothering. Do you see what I'm saying? Unfortunately, how many of our parents have had mental health education? My parents didn't know how to take care of my needs. I 
am still incredibly hyperactive, okay? It's as if I have 10 battery packs jammed in me at all times, <laughs> you know? I multitask, but I have my attention on 10 different things all at once. I sometimes talk really fast and sometimes just can't stop talking. So I need to be highly stimulated because I get bored incredibly fast. So my parents didn't know how to deal with that. I was smuggled into this country when I was one year old. My mom tossed me over the border like a little burrito and was like, hope I see my daughter again to a coyote. Yeah, true story. She handed me over to a coyote when I was one year old and was like, boop. She was 16 years old. My dad was what, 19, 20 years old at the time. They were teenagers. We were immigrating from Mexico. You know, deep in Guadalajara, Jalisco. What's up, Guadalajara? Whoop, whoop. So what were my parents going to know about mental health? Now, can we change our attachment style? Yes, 100%. How do I know? I used to be an anxious attached person. I used to think that I had to convince someone of seeing how, how lovable I am. And usually, again, it was those avoidant types. And they were very reminiscent of my parents. So are you bound to repeat the same patterns, you know, growing up if you had parents that didn't meet your needs? Not necessarily, but mm, I mean, just look at your, you know, everything that I've said so far, take some inventory and it's like, hmm, maybe I do act like that. Hmm, why do I... If I have emotional intimacy issues, hmm, how come? How did my parents act? You know, or uh, if I'm always chasing people, oh, how did my parents act? And why do I chase? So it's just, it's good to just have reflection, take inventory on this because no one's perfect. But I will tell you this, you can change it, which is awesome. It takes work, but you can do it. Have I started to do it? Yes. How did I start doing it? my therapist. And I read this book called Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. I'm in no way affiliated with them, but that book is really great and it teaches you so much more in depth about why is it that we choose the partners that we continuously choose and how we can break out of that and what a secure person looks like and how you can have that and you can have effective communication. Now, have I ever dated somebody with a secure attachment style? Hmm. No. <laughs> Do I know they're out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it took me a while to display a secure attachment myself and to transition from anxious to secure. Um, now, just because someone transitions to secure doesn't mean that they're not going to have moments where they, you know, fall back or whatever. It's just part of human nature. Um, I've had my moments, but for the most part, I am now able to recognize the flags of who is an avoidant based on how they text, how they communicate, how consistent they are with their words and actions, if they follow through, how quick they follow through, and what their conversation topics are like, whether they're able to get emotionally deep or they like to keep things on a surface level. So... It's pretty cool. Check that book out. And if it's something that you guys 
resonate with and want to improve, look more into attachment styles and how to transition to a secure attachment because you can. So that was a little attachment style 101. So yeah, I'm going to leave it there. I think that's a good little episode. It's a good little episode. It's a good little episode. Yeah, I think that's a good little episode. Why can't I say that? Good little episode. Good little episode. Good little episode. Good little episode. I did it. Happy dance. Okay, so I love you guys. Check out Getting Mental Pod on Instagram. My other Instagram is Sweet Thoughts Travel. Whoop, whoop. And my website, sweetthoughtstravel.com. Let's chat. Send me messages on what kind of topics you guys would like to talk about because I'm here for it. We're all in this together. I love you guys. Take care.